welcome to a uh, Thanksgiving edition of the Five Heart Podcast Live with me, sick as a dog, Greg Mahochko, <laughs> and been dead, never been to Europe, John Johnston. So we have quite the uh, quite the the duo for y'all today. Hope that your uh, Thanksgiving plans are going swimmingly, and that. Uh, I don't know. The turkey's thawed by now, probably. Needs to be thawed, wouldn't you say, John? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not in charge of anything. It's probably for the best. Yeah, it kind of is. You know, my wife has spent the day cleaning up the uh, cleaning up the house and and setting up the kitchen. And I don't know. I, you know what I did? I stayed out of her way. Yeah. Uh, it's probably for the you best. Know else that I, you know what else I did? You modeled some awesome cobby corn goodness? No, I, I learned a new word, uh, saccade, because I went and I took a I took a brain test. Okay. From the eyeball, from my neurosurgeon who is the, well, she's the designer of the eye box, which is the first FDA approved medical device that will detect concussions. And I went in and I, uh, both my son and I took the test, and uh, you know my brain is a mess, and his brain is not, and we discussed that because I'm going to write about it and and hope to publicize it because, well, because I hope it can help with people's you know cure people's not cure, but it can help help people detect concussion, deal with concussion, have better brain injury treatments because living with this shit is is hell at times, and, and it, there you go. Which, which son? The rotten son. Okay, Isaiah. so so he, so he's, I mean, his brain's not fully up to par because he chose Minnesota. <laughs> well, according to the doctor, uh, yeah, he yeah, was sure. He, We're gonna yeah, believe he, the doctor. <laughs> uh, that's a hell of a way to start. But uh, you know, I, I, well, I'm trying to. I want to be. I realize we want to talk about football and stuff like this, but I want to uh, also. You know, have people more aware of brain injury and heart attack stuff. So uh, we have people. Blaine Cole is here from Japan again. What time is it in Japan? I'm curious. Uh, I I don't know. Maybe Blaine will tell that's, us. I I can't what, figure yeah, that out. That's a question for Blaine. Uh, hello, Matt and uh, James and Blaine, of course. Uh, okay, let's talk about it. Fifteen fourteen. It's the most beatable Wisconsin team that we've ever come up against. It's eleven thirty Thanksgiving Day, Blaine. Well, okay, God bless. What? I hope he's eating Thanksgiving dinner. I wonder. Do you eat? Do you have Thanksgiving dinner in Japan? I mean, what do you do in Japan if you're over there? And I mean, obviously they don't really celebrate Thanksgiving. You're asking the wrong guy. I'm. I'm here. I'm okay. Stateside. Okay, yeah. Wisconsin, yeah. Wisconsin. Yeah. The Wisconsin Beatable. game, we lost it. We yep. lost it at the end, just like we're supposed to. It's part of the script right now. I think we lost it around halftime. Oh, that's that's probably true. <sighs> I'm I'm kind of I you know we got one more game left and that that's it. And I think all of the attention literally night. With it, here's the thing about this. All of the I'm sitting here looking at Twitter. I'm looking at you guys chatting. I looked at our 
Facebook page because I posed a question on our Facebook page just before we started. And uh, I we are playing Iowa that is supposed to be our big rival game. And they beat us, what, eight times in a row now? I don't God, think, that's horrible. I don't, I don't think that, we've won since my oldest son's been alive. Oh, my God. That is so horrible. He'll be seven. I'm drooling already. And nobody is talking about the Iowa game at all. And I think it's a winnable game, too, because their defense is just not good. Or, I'm sorry, their offense is not good. Um, nobody's paying attention to that. All we're doing is sitting here waiting for the new coach to be to be announced. Huh. Yep, that definitely yeah, seems but, to be the, uh, the... But that's... Honestly, this is why... I guess maybe this is why I wish... Uh, you know that Frost would have been let go in the off season because the coaching search, the coaching—I don't want to say carousel, but but the rumors have dominated the media and taken the focus off of the team. I don't know. Maybe there's some you know, some people who are like the team's not that good. That's probably what they want. I don't know. Um, but I I don't know. It, it's when when Frost was let go after the Georgia Southern game, which was. 47 years ago. Um, yeah. Like, I knew, I was like, oh, we're going to be hearing about this. And 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 uh, just thinking about it, talking about it, that's, that's going to be all. It, and it has. It's been a very long time since we've had an actual, you know, seated head coach. So. Well, do you, do you know what the latest is? Should what we just happened? go right into it? Oh, yeah. Uh, Let's go. The... The latest is uh, that Matt Rule is pretty much Matt Rule, formerly a Baylor, formerly of the Carolina Panthers, uh, is going to be Nebraska's next head coach. That is the rumor. That is the latest big smoky thing, which is making, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. And apparently it's a very loud fire because it's making a lot of noise. So I see where James Marshall said... uh, he suspects that Wisconsin and Nebraska are playing a game of chicken. He'll explain his theory. Uh, I think his theory was about it was about Lance Leipold, wasn't it? Lance yeah, Leipold. James says, I think that Wisconsin is stalling in order to get Nebraska to make the first move. Why? I think they'll hire Leipold, and they're afraid of what Leonard could do at Nebraska. Well, Leipold signed a uh, contract extension and a raise. We are making so many people so much money. Mark Stoops right. got a raise at Kentucky. Mark Stoops got a big raise at Kentucky because his name was in the in the Nebraska running thing. Uh, Lance Leipold, Leipold is getting a big raise at Kansas, and he did sign an extension. Uh, let's see. Chris Kleiman, I think, is uh, – no, no. Tom, Blaine Cole asked, is Tommy Frazier still coaching? Uh, no. I don't know what Tommy Frazier is, but hopefully it's not coaching. Um Come on, you guys. I just need to see some reactions to Matt Rule being our next coach. There's 43 of you on here live. I want to see some comments. What you think of Matt Rule? Do you know anything about him? At Kansas State, you know, they're still, you know, if it was him, you'd you'd have to wait until after potentially uh, the conference championship weekend, correct? Yeah. I I don't, it's not going to be him because he is a, I think his athletic director is Gene Taylor, and G. Taylor is 
was the athletic director at North Dakota. My God, English again. Uh, at North Dakota State and got him the job at North Dakota State and at Kansas State. I don't think he'd leave that guy unless that guy was retiring. So, um, okay. Apparently, Matt uh, Rule. So Matt, Matt says that Rule has been a line coach and is a programmer builder, but James uh, coming through with, uh, uh, he says, if Nebraska hires Rule, the Big Ten West will breathe the sigh of relief. And Richard, now, I what? think. Whoop, I think I accidentally clicked the wrong one. James is cool with rule, but Richard says, uh, going back to, I think it was either you or Todd a few weeks back on, on the therapy show, uh, referred to Matt Rule as an Ewok. Yeah, I, I've and, done that. I, I did that when he was at Baylor. Uh, Owen think... Walker said, I heard he was off the table. Okay, the news is that he, the news, you know what? This is negotiation. I mean, when you're negotiating at a high level for a lot of money, I mean, you're not just some guy getting his first job or his second job, but you're trying to negotiate an actual salary with your opponent, opponent, your new employer. You don't say yes to the first offer, do you? I mean, normally you say, yeah, you know what? No, because I can afford to say no. You better come up with something better. So I that that's where you heard Matt Rule was off the table. So I posted this question about Matt Rule to our Facebook page, and we have about 33,000 followers on our page. On our page, And, oh, my God, the negativity, just the mostly negative responses by people who do not want Matt Rule as our next head coach. And then uh, some guy said, stop with the clickbait. Which... <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't think it's clickbait if it's... What? It didn't have a link. That's what other people said. How can you have a clickbait <laughs> without a link? So, you know, I think people are getting sick of the rumorizing. Uh, they're getting sick of not knowing. I think that's probably been true for two, three weeks now. But it's... it's it The amount of negativity toward Matt Rule is, is shocking to me. Shane raises a good point. Uh, easy for me to try to say. Matt Rule, hard to judge when he's only been at each place for three years. I would hope he stays more than five years to truly rebuild from uh, what's his name's scorched earth campaign. But that's the problem, right? I mean, we don't have that kind of patience in the 21st century to, you know, give a coach that much rope. Okay, there was Patricia. Patricia Hayes says Rule isn't a winner either, is he? I'm not sure if she's responding to somebody else in chat. Uh, he won at Temple and he won at Baylor. He had Baylor's, I think, second best season in the history. He did not win at Carolina and actually it was kind of a disaster at Carolina. But I usually forgive people their NFL careers because going from college to the NFL, Nick Saban was a terrible NFL coach if you want a reference, but I, I just, the NFL and college are two way different beasts, but I don't, you know, here's the thing with Matt rule. Uh, does he look like an Ewok? Yes, he does. I'll oh, go ahead, Greg. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, uh, it, in the 2016 rules named the head coach at, at Baylor. Uh, and they finished one and one and 11 the following year. Uh, in 2017, that is, uh, they went. Uh, 2018 regular season was six and six, uh, and they won over Vanderbilt in a bowl game, so they finished uh, seven and six. 
and in his final year there, they went 11 and one, uh, and lost to Oklahoma in the Big uh, Big 12 championship and Georgia in the Sugar Bowl. Okay, we got uh, Josh Eberhardt says, same thing, different year, unproven insanity. Here's the thing about this. I don't... Name some coaches you think are going to be surefire winners. I mean, everybody's going to go with Urban Meyer, but Urban Meyer is a disaster waiting to happen, and he's probably done coaching. And the reason why I say he's probably done coaching is because both the USC and Notre Dame jobs opened up, and he didn't... There, he didn't. Go, he didn't take either of those. So the idea that he's going to go back into coaching, I think, is a fallacy. But I, name somebody that's a shoe, surefire winner. We thought we had that in the last guy. So I think a lot of the, a lot of the, uh, oh, I hate Matt Rule stuff is. I don't. You're looking for a sure thing, and there really isn't one. Don't so make me do my life is full of risks thing speech here we go lloyd mccrismas <laughs> uh said rule equals mike riley i don't know about that first of all he's got like you know, you know a couple decades less of of head coaching experience um you, you know uh, but i don't see him as the uh i don't know just the the, the mr rogers of college football i guess yeah, I think uh, if you compare Matt Rule to Mike Riley, Mike Riley had a lot longer in coaching. He had a lot longer being mediocre. Matt Rule's, uh, you know, I did the video on Matt Rule, and Matt Rule's rise to a head coach is is, is fairly quick compared to a lot of other people. So he went up the, the corporate ladder fairly, fairly quick. He's a younger guy. I mean, not like 30s, but he's not 58 either, so... Uh, I I think that he's interesting. You know, I'm not against him being hired. I'm not this. If that's the guy, I wouldn't be disappointed uh, at all. Dion Pryor says fickle, but he won't come. I wouldn't be too sure about that. Again, one thing you guys you guys are forgetting is nil, because it's changed the game completely. All right, and the thing about Nebraska is that Nebraska should have a lot of nil money. So that if you're looking at a coach and go, well, he can't recruit. Okay, well, he doesn't have to as hard as he, you know what I mean? They don't have to go out and sell a tough place to play Nebraska because they're going to have money behind them now. And it's going to be more like, uh, you know, I don't want to say more like the NFL, but it is going to be more like the NFL. Um, it's a lot for a head coach too, man. And it all really, really kind of came to a head here in the last few years. I feel like the Alaska has responded to nil. They've put a lot of uh, pieces in motion to really make the most of nil, uh, to to get the best out of it for the student athletes. Um, I, I, I don't know what goes with that. But it, it, it's a lot to manage. It, it, uh, Matt Rule coming back to college in a nil environment, uh, you know, it'd be t- I think it'd be tough. I think stepping into a, the nil environment would be tough for any coach who's been away from the game for, you know, away from the college game for a couple of years. You know, you, they, I feel they need to have been part of that transition. So. 
What, what was that? Here's a name nobody wants to hear is Rick Neuheisel. You are correct. I do not want to hear that name. I, I, I said damn right to it. So. Did you? Oh, okay. I see that. I oh, my God. Uh, Phil Spear, Fickle needs to get a bigger job before he takes over at OSU eventually. Here's the thing with that. And I've heard this about Luke Fickle at Cincinnati is that he wouldn't leave the state of Ohio. Uh, Ryan Day is a young guy, and he is a very good coach. And I think it would take it would quite take quite a bit of failing by Ryan Day for him to you know to not get that job. And quite frankly, Luke Fickle was passed over before after Jim Treffle Tressel was left go. So. You know, the Luke Fickle thing is interesting. I would certainly take him as a coach. I didn't think he'd come to Nebraska either, but I, at this point, nobody knows what's going on. Mike brings up an interesting point back to uh, Matt Rule. Uh, he had an awesome staff at Baylor. The Texas high school coaches liked him. That same thing. Could Matt Rule and Nebraska kind of reopen that um, – High school Pipeline. recruiting uh, uh, yeah. avenue. Oh, what else we got? I just right, no, yeah. I got, Blaine, Blaine's got go a great question. I, I got to get to it. Of the current coaching staff, who would you retain? The Mickey. Rayola. I mean, it's typical you're going to retain somebody that is uh, knows what's going on, knows the players. If you're going to be a successful head coach, you have to understand how to motivate your players. And you have to understand, I mean, if you're going to do sales, the one thing you have to do is understand what your clients are looking for, your customers looking for, how they're motivated, what they want, what they're hungry for. The same applies to college football players if they're going to play good football. You're going to go and you need somebody on the staff that's going to be able to tell you what's this guy like what's this guy like what's this guy like so you don't have to learn it all yourself so i'd probably mickey joseph would be maybe the only one unless um oh my uh, bill bush would go back to a special teams coordinator i think he's done a good job as a defensive coordinator but I, if you're matt rule or you're luke fickle i'm guessing that you're probably putting somebody else at your coordinator positions and Mickey uh, probably stay at wide receiver coach for now because I don't think he's ready to move up to a coordinator. So, uh, um, Shane, to answer your question, uh, you got to get rid of uh, Rayola because you know you couldn't have done it the last you know three months if you wanted to. Is that how that works? Do they fire him? I don't know if they fire him. Nobody uses that word anymore, do they? Does no, anybody uh, get fired? Future Greg? endeavored. Talk, they they say things recruiting like recruiting and nil, real quick, John. Okay, yeah. I, I just want to shine a very small uh, spotlight on uh, the Five Heart Podcast Twitter, uh, which I don't. You can say what you want about Twitter. I don't care. I, I, as I mentioned before, I'm only on Twitter for uh, Husker game days. Do you remember? Uh, and this is for the benefit of the people viewing. Uh, do you remember seeing the picture uh, on on Saturday? I think so, yes. That is, uh, it's 16 degree weather, but that is uh, 2023 uh, inside out <laughs> linebacker Brant Rice with a cutoff flannel. Uh, he's, he's from Wisconsin, from West High, Wisconsin. 
Uh, he's an offensive lineman. I don't know what interior offensive lineman, I guess, is what the uh, Iowa. Um, I said, it's the most popular tweet I've had probably in a very long time. I just said, I retweeted that or quote tweeted, and I said, get him all the nil. And let me tell you, seven people liked that tweet. <laughs> That's all. I have very low standards. Well, the, the nil stuff, I mean, you've got 1890 as the collective, and then I think, what's the other one? Big Red Collective? Chris Brown's involved with one of them. One of them the Peds and Matt Davison are involved with the 1890. Uh, and, I mean, you're looking at millions of dollars being poured into this stuff that can be used to incentivize players to come to Nebraska. And then you also have the pipeline jerky guys. Yeah. We're selling Pipeline Jerky, pipeline-jerky.com, and I need, still need to review this and do a video of it. But Have you tried Those it guys are going to... No, I, I I am waiting for my yeah. rotten son and I are supposed to try this together, but I am... I have not cleansed my palate sufficiently. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> you and rotten son can go... You can go get, like, you know, brain scans done together, but you can't try some Pipeline Jerky? Where the moment priorities? has to be right. The moment has to be right. <laughs> I, I don't know if I don't know if I've, that sounds I've weird. I say the moment has to be right to eat some beef jerky. It does. Well, it's that is kind of weird, isn't it? <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, Fred. Uh, I saw 1890, that <laughs> 1890 was frost blood alcohol content level the day he skipped the Rayola kids visit. That's going to live Ooh. with him for a long, long time, is it yeah. not? Uh, okay, so... Phil's in agreement with me. You need to get on that pipeline jerky. <laughs> I will. I was waiting for them to send me a t-shirt. I have now gotten the t-shirt in. Wait, so wait, wait. You want, did, they, did they send you the jerky for free? No, no. I bought did they the send you a shirt for free. They did. Man, the rich kids. You got to learn how to you got to learn how to do this, Greg. So all I need to really do is is reach out to Pipeline Jerry and be like, "Look, I won't make you wait 3 months for my review. Watch <laughs> over a few few packs." Well, you we'll if you, you have if you have somebody out there that you want to review their product, then normally you have to tell people you're going to review it. And, and, you know, I want it to be an honest review. The other problem is, is this is pepper. This is peppercorn. I like peppercorn jerky. See this? This is Jack Link's. Yeah. Okay, the cost of this, guess what the cost of this is off the top of your head. Pipeline How many jerky. ounces? How many, How many ounces? 2.7 ounces. Okay, 6.50. 650. It is 650. This is 3.25 ounces. How much did this cost me? What? Four nine. Oh, your your audio's cutting out again. This cost me eight dollars and fifty cents. Eight dollars and fifty cents. So hey, so Fred, you know what it is? Fred, it's we, in we line. Do, we do the people a shout out and at least tell Fred where he can get that jerky. You go to pipeline-jerky.com. This is where I should have this in here. See, here, get a hoodie there. Lower third ad. Uh, How is he doing this? This is magic. I guarantee you this much, Fred. Uh, you'll probably get that jerky uh, before <laughs> before John ever does his review of it. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, now that's not okay. This is where you get the pipeline jerky. You see that website? And if you go to that, I mean, I, I just, every time you buy some of this, they contribute. What they do is they're gonna take the money from the jerky and put it into a pot, and at the end of the year they give it to the offensive linemen. It does not go to the university. They are not affiliated with the University of Nebraska. It goes right to the, the they are supporting the offensive line, basically, for Nebraska. So, I mean, that's kind of the example of nil. And when you look at that, this is kind of like a nil to for a common guy that, uh, no, there is not a, a special offer code for the jerky. You know, I, I probably could, I can, I'll go back and ask him that. Um, you know, just so we know how many people we're sending their way. But it here's the thing. This is a way that you can contribute to the nil process at Nebraska and, and bring in some offensive linemen because we need offensive linemen, for God's sakes. Um, all right, back, back, back to coaching. I, I think what amazes me is that uh, the negativity, the... <laughs> you can read that one. <laughs> I don't know if I can. <laughs> uh, than line zips. Thanks, Richard. <laughs> okay. Uh, I guess I just, I don't, the, the uh, Beetle Beast is not interested anymore. I'm thinking he's thinking about the season. And I'm guessing that is the case for a lot of people. And what I, the other thing that's... Um, uh, I think disturbing is I have heard from people that they aren't going to renew their season tickets or they're waiting for a coach to renew their season tickets. And I guess when I look at all the candidates that everybody has brought up, I mean, Lance Leipold, I don't, if Matt Rule doesn't move the needle for people, who would? And that is the actual question for you guys that are watching, and you can comment on that. I mean, I, I realize everybody has their favorites, but... I think that uh, what amazes me about this is everybody out there has a flaw. And everybody out there has something we can pick at. And we've had so long to look at this that I don't think anybody that we're... The only thing that's going to make us happy is if we start winning games. And that is going to take a while. little side uh, conversation between Phil and uh, Dion. Because I think Phil uh, uh, referred to Dion as, as negative. Dion, <laughs> Dion comes through and says... When a new coach is named, I promise to be more positive. But we're going to hold you to that, just so you know. Um, Richard, you know, coming back from his uh, his great line about the uh, the pipeline jerky, only interest that we somehow Iowa. He's tired of losing to Iowa. <laughs> I'm tired of losing. You know what would be nice? Should we go into Iowa for a while? Okay. Uh, yeah. You realize? You realize? That if Iowa wins this game, they win the Big Ten West. So, in our last game of one of the worst, well, it, it is the worst year of Nebraska football in my entire 60-year life, uh, we could still ruin things for somebody else that we hate. Yes, Greg? I have a question. How does this uh, uh, potential 3-9 and nine year, how is that worse than last year's 3-9 and nine year? Uh, I think it's worse because it's been complete turmoil. Gotcha. Okay. I mean, let's let's face it. Last, last year, year, we last were, we year, were close we, on a lot of a lot of those games. We were. We still were delusional 
about we're so close and this is going to work out. This year, there's no delusion about where we are. Everybody knows. Uh, well, maybe there's still some delusional people, but everybody can look at our team and say this is a bad football team, and this is, um, you know, this is it's not good. Mickey Josephs had and Bill Bush and the coaches have had to deal with, uh, you know, having to keep a team together and keep them motivated when all this stuff has been going on and they've been losing games and they haven't played well. I, I, it's the, yeah, it's the worst year. And we can still beat Iowa. We could still beat Iowa and and ruin their season. And they'd be stuck there with their shitty offense and their nepotistic father-son coaching duo. And we could laugh at them. And that's really what I would like to do, is is point at Iowa and laugh at them and say, we suck and you lost to us. And, <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, David wants to know, John, will you go live when a new coach is named? Will it be live or will it be a reaction video? Well, that's all dependent on when it happens. I mean, I you know, I'll try to go live because we'll probably, you know, we'll probably be notified that there's a press conference ahead of time. Um, so, you know what, I'll try that. But the, the problem with me going live is there's, I don't know if you've noticed this, but there are a lot of lives. There are a lot of Husker live stuff going on right now and, um, like, for example, Adam Character. I don't want to compete with Adam Character. I don't want to make people have to make a choice between him or me I or think Greg because people people probably would pick Adam. Uh, Corn Craze, Connor at Corn Craze is doing an excellent job. Uh, he gets like four or 500 people on his Tuesday night show, which is amazing. I'm going to be on Connor's next Tuesday. Uh, but So between going live and, go, and doing a reaction video... We'll just we'll just see when it is and what happens. Um, so I just want to point this out. Matt uh, had this very very nice comment. I'm I'm pretty sure he's talking to the people in the comment section and not necessarily us, or at least not me. But he says it's way more intelligent discussion than a lot of Husker Facebook groups. So thanks for that, guys. You are welcome, Matt. We appreciate you, buddy. Um, and Richard says, I'm gonna let you say this one. Wow, Richard Fitzwell says John Johnston is my go-to source. Fuck the pretenders. Wow. Well, that's nice. Thank you. I'm not a breaking news guy. I'm not, I'm never going to be that guy. I don't need it. Some of those guys, you know, the media guys actually do this for a living and they need it. Uh, Owen Walker says, I pick you, John. Believe that. You know, nobody has contacted me about the coaching job. I assume that's what he's going for. No, no. I think I, he, I you think, know what I, I would... As far, I think as far as live videos, he would pick you. Well, shit. I wanted to be picked, and then you kind of. I mean, I don't want to fail, but apparently, if you fail as a coach, you get shit tons of money. Yeah, well, <laughs> that brings up a great question from Blaine: Why do Why do Division One teams pay coaches big money up front with no guarantee of performance? <clears throat> Does not the crypto market? I want to go back to a point that you and Todd were talking about this past week uh, on on therapy, and it's. I mean, if you think about it, uh, well, not if you think about it, but. Uh, in, in most of the 50 states, the like the state university, whatever, men, men's football or basketball coach is the highest paid state employee. Um, right. I feel like, and, and you, you talk about like Scott Frost walking away with a million dollars to be bad. And pay me $15 million to go away, you know. Um, yeah. I, I feel like, I feel like contracts need to be restructured to start low. 
and build up and maybe remove the uh, the buyout option. That'll never happen. We'll never see that in our life because a precedent has been set. But it would make, I think it would make coaches try a lot harder. You know, like like I'm gonna. I'm going to give a different answer than I did Monday night. Monday night, okay. we talked about the fa- fact that athletic directors are particularly bad at business and it's not their money. And I think they, they don't really give a shit if they spend a lot of it. I, I want to propose to you guys a scenario of how this works. All right. I, I mentioned a little bit ago about Mark Stoops getting a fat raise and Lance Leipold getting a, an extension and a raise. And I think Chris Kleiman is due. He's going to get a raise too. So how do you think that happens? Number one, there is this, number one, what drives college football? I mean, what really does? Nebraska is special. We're special because we have a lot of, we have a fan base that goes to all the games and we're very involved and we're very active, even after the shittiest football ever. But, I mean, let's face it, most of the money in college sports and especially college football is driven by people who have shit tons of money and give it to their schools because it's a tax write-off, number one. And number two, because that's their egos. I mean, I'm, I don't golf. I don't sit around at boardrooms with guys that run companies. You know, I've done that in my life as an IT consultant dealt with a lot of executives and a lot of these guys do thrive on their egos okay so if there's you're sitting in a conference room and there's a freaking texas tech guy sitting next to you and he can bug you about how his team's kicked your ass six times in a row it really grates on you if you're an executive at this level and you're one of those guys that nobody tells no and you have an ego to go with it so that's why you're going to give a lot of money to your school to go i want you to hire the best coach available and if he doesn't win uh, I'll buy them out. And that's where a lot of that money comes from. And number two, and number two, think about, I want you to think about this. All these media guys have contacts and they get their sources from contacts. So where do you think they, do you, they're not talking to the coaches because the coaches are too fucking busy to talk to them. So their contacts are not typically going to be with the coaches. Now they do. They get to talk to him like Bruce Feldman, probably one of the more connected guys out there. Uh, Brett McMurphy, you know, people don't like him sometimes, but more connected guys out there. Andy Staples, certainly one of the more connected guys out there. But a lot of those guys that are writing media stuff, they are connected to agents. And the agents will say, hey, you know what? Uh, I'll give you some info, but you need to write this article about how Matt Rule's going to Nebraska because I want my guy to make another million dollars a year because I get paid and I'm an agent and I get paid a percentage of whatever he gets going to a school and I want more money because my wife wants a new Audi Q5 or whatever the fuck they are. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, I, you get agents feeding media people and, and what it does is it speaks it sparks fear into these guys with giant egos and money and it all becomes one big, I don't know, I want to say washing machine of, I, I don't know where that was going. <laughs> a big sliding around goo of, you know, like things feeding each other and everything like that. And that's a terrible analogy. I'm, I'm not, I can't, I can't stick with you on that one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but they, you made a good they, point here. Go, go ahead. Finish. Yeah. That that's really I mean when you look at how many people Nebraska has gotten raises because of this job hunt, 
and because of the rumors and because of the stuff that's out there look go out and look at the articles that have been written and you can get an idea of kind of who's talking to agents and what the agents are feeding them and i you know that's a big part of it it's really about this guy better not get away i want him or i'm not going to give you the 20 million dollars that i said i would you know i mean go ahead blaine said uh how many times uh i've seen a major league baseball player come off a record year get a huge contract and then fall flat is coaching any different i don't i don't really think so i mean uh, i'm sure that there are some coaches out there who you know maintain a certain level of momentum uh, but I, you know, I think it's certain uh, it, it, with enough zeros in the paycheck, enough commas, I think some level of complacency sets in, and that's why I, I don't, I don't like the, the the downside guarantee, you know, like the buyout type of thing, because it's like, oh well, even if you fail, we'll still cut you a fat check, and that's not that. Why? Why? Why would? I, I understand that one school or one franchise somewhere had to operate that way because they really wanted Coach X. You know, they really wanted this guy. Um, and they're like, hey, you get here. We're, we got big plans. We're going to, you know, win championships, yada, yada. And if you don't, well, we had you. We gave it a run. Here's, you know, that, that, it was an incentive. But, man, when I just don't know. I, I just don't know why it makes sense still. The only reason it's still a part of the game is because it's still a part of the game. If they're, I'm not saying <laughs> this is going to sound bad uh, because this is going to come from like a collective bargaining standpoint, and I'm not, I'm not on either side. But if like school presidents banded together and be like, all right, we're just going to, we're not going to do that, you know, <laughs> uh, then, then you know, uh, but you know, I get it. Um, Great, Greg, that you, would be illegal. I know. That's why I said. There's a term for that. <laughs> I know, but I can't remember it, so I went with collective bargaining. It's What's the collusion. Term it is collusion. You cannot yeah. collude to set market prices. And agents would not like you to collude because they're making boatloads of money. And so, I mean, let's face it, some can, of them can are you, can extremely you can, good at it. Can, can, look, outside of like Instagram and YouTubers, can you imagine a, a career where you do less and make as much money as an agent it's you know the, the thing is is if you're a good salesperson you can make shit tons of money too and that's really what it's about is sales and and sales is all about knowing what your customer wants what their weak points are what their pain points are and then delivering them what they desire greg <laughs> Like this, uh, this nifty is, jacket. <laughs> this is a clever, uh, clever statement from Blaine. He hates this uh, SF 49ers as in San Francisco, but not as much as the SF 3 and Niners. Oh, my uh, God. You know, we could be 4 and 9 this year, 4 and 8. Let's talk about Could be. What's it going to take on Black Friday, John, in it, Iowa? What's, what's it going to take gonna... to, uh, to get that dub? It's. Well, if you look at Iowa as a team, they live off other people's mistakes. Fair. And that's that's really what this entire game is going to come down to. I mean, against Wisconsin, I think we did a decent job where, you know, we punted at midfield and we punted and we forced Wisconsin to, number one, drive the length of the field. And number two, we got Graham Mertz to throw an interception. 
And Spencer Petras, the starting quarterback for Iowa, is not – nobody would confuse him with a really good quarterback. He's done a lot better lately, and their offense has done a lot better lately. But, you know, I, I don't think it's beyond the realm of possibility for Nebraska to bait him into throwing some interceptions or to, you know, shutting their run game, game down enough. But the thing about Iowa that's kind of strange is that – my God, they are patient. I Kirk for Ferentz is the most patient and irritating coach to have to coach against in the world because he's perfectly happy to win a game nine to six, and he's perfectly happy to wait until you screw up with two minutes left. I mean, look at the some of the losses Nebraska's had with the two years in a row where they won on a last second field goal because Eric Chenander ran the same defense both years and. And it was a, you know, the guy couldn't run a defense for shit. But they just waited. Yeah, They just yeah. wait. They're patient. They don't make mistakes or they try to minimize them. And that's really, it's just going to be a game where Nebraska has to just, if we're, if Brian Bashini can punt and punt the ball 40 to 50 times every time he punts the fucking ball, you know, maybe we have a chance in this game. You know, maybe a connection with Trey Palmer, Casey Thompson, Trey Palmer a couple times. And and that's all it takes because, you know, 14, 17 points would probably win the game. That That's the thing, too. And then, you know, uh, God bless the fact that Iowa's offense is horrendous. You know, gives our defense a chance. Uh, and, and kind of know which offense is good enough. You know, just good enough to uh, to do some do some things. Uh, like you said, you know, if it's Trey Palmer, um, Washington had had a, a nice grab or two uh, last week against Wisconsin. Finding Anthony Grand in the running room would be nice. Um, yeah, that's a good point, Matt Hansen. Matt Hansen says, "Too bad they didn't make Frostfire Commander." Uh, that would be <laughs> poetic. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, probably would have. Um, but. Minimizing mistakes, and I don't. I'm gonna have to knock on wood because what I'm gonna say is about to get me in trouble. Like the turnovers, I don't think the turnovers have been egregious this year. And I, is that is that a bad memory? Like, have we, I mean, they've been poorly timed, uh, but I don't. You know, they haven't cost us games, really. I don't. I overall, they, they in in the past turnovers pretty much plagued Nebraska in the loss of right. games. So it's really. What's really costing us games is our inability to make first downs because our offensive line is non-functional. That's it. That's really what it comes down to. I mean, last year when we lost all the one-score games, uh, a lot of those were turnover, and a lot of them were because we couldn't score in the red zone. And this year, I think you probably, if you, you know, people like to pin things down to one thing, and this year it's the offensive line. It really is. That's it. John, I've got several uh, pinned messages here throughout the, the course of our chat. A couple of them are we're going to save for later because they they fall into predictions which we'll get to uh, at the end. Um, let, let's get into one that, that's kind of more recent uh, and that comes from Dallas Schwartz who says guys my beloved USC Trojans limped through the worst record in 50 years last year then we hired uh, CLR and we're going 10-1 and one going into Saturday versus the Golden Gonad that's funny. Uh, Y'all can fix this with a good hire. So. I don't disagree. I think, yeah, this can be fixed with a good hire. I agree with that. And then I think you get the nail on top of it. Nebraska has a lot of a lot of the potential, and they we have a lot of assets. 
and the, really the big problem is is we we not only made a horrible horrible hire in that guy we fired but we let him go for way too long and and we didn't nobody just stood up and said this is a bucket of shit let's stop you know what i mean everybody was like oh he'll figure it out no he would never would so yeah and the right hire i mean we all up and down we all wanted that to work you know you go yeah. back about five years uh when it was announced and and it, there was a unification of the fan base you know um but man, it, it it went south in a hurry, and well, now hold on, Beetle. Hold on, it is worth watching. <laughs> it is because regardless of who's on the sideline, that's still a bunch of young men out there, uh, men out there representing Nebraska, and and so I I, I do say you know it's kind of like um. Uh, Oh, Charles Dickens said it, I believe, in A Christmas Carol. It, it's uh, never, never put a, a bit of gold in my pocket, but it makes me happy. I don't know. I, I, I messed that up. <laughs> I just wondered where you going with that. Christmas Carol. Um, something about scrap of gold in my pocket or blah, blah, blah. I don't know. Um, anyway, Vito, we know you'll be watching Friday. You, so. you, don't you have cold medicine? Yeah. What are you I supposed to, you know? <laughs> what the hell? John. Everybody would I, love to see you. Everybody would love to see you hyped up on NyQuil. <laughs> oh, uh, <sighs> oh, Blaine. We're sorry, buddy. I don't. Oh, I don't my know. God. I don't well, know. Well, that's not. I'm that's, trying to we figure out keep... if, if it's a joke or, or you know, how insensitive to be. I don't know. Um, yeah, that's. Uh, that's not good. Oh, no, for God's sake! <laughs> I have a, I have a questionable heart, Blaine. Come on, man. Okay, uh, I, I think the reason why you watch the Iowa game is just to basically be out of respect for the job that Mickey Joseph has done. I mean, he's just, uh, you know, the guy was handed. Normally, in these situations, we'd say he was handed handed the shit end of the stick, but he didn't even get a stick with it. He just got the shit. And I think he has done a very admirable job of uh, keeping the team together, at least making them presentable. I mean, you haven't heard, like, we haven't had, like, huge backlash of players coming out and saying terrible things publicly. We haven't had, you know, a, a whole gob of things just, you know, we're just not good at football. Everything else is kind of seems like it's doing okay. I and, realize and that's, that's the, the most important thing, but. Because that's you know that's what our identity is is wrapped in you know football and, and volleyball and, and uh, but let's let's rapid fire through some of these uh, pinned messages okay. here we'll do our best uh, from earlier Blaine asks a slightly different subject how's Nebraska these days for players graduating I think that's still uh, one of the best in the area. nation I yeah. I, if I remember correct we we get all the athletic department announcements and. I think that uh, they were actually still one of the best in the nation at graduating their players and grade point percentage and stuff like that. I have a whole crap load of, um, oh my God, I could look for it, but I'm not going to find it. No, but no, I, really yeah, they're they're doing pretty well in the educational department. You know, the part where they're actually supposed to be student athletes. <laughs> that's that's why they're putting academics first. 
It yeah. all makes sense now. <laughs> no shit. <laughs> all right. Um, here we go. Next one is from uh, Dion who says, John, I'm old and grouchy and have a heart condition. I appreciate your style for guys like me. Uh, I mean, Dion, it sounds like you're John. <laughs> oh my god uh, thank you you're welcome i appreciate it dion okay right. uh here's another one uh from owen i'll pick coronation over character live and i do leave connor uh, do i think love connor's live reaction stream uh to go and watch oh he le leaves there to watch our reaction videos the season has been so awesome even with all the hoopla um thank, thank you owen I, I don't know about the awesome part, but we appreciate you. <laughs> uh, all right, here we go. We got more. Um, all right, wait. That's a prediction. That's prediction. Okay. Okay. Ooh, here's a good one. Shane just asked: Is there a position group on the team that has improved? Special teams. I mean, if I'm, you look at special, that's maybe not a position group per se, but I mean. What do we, I mean, the first game after those guys were fired, we blocked the punt, right? That one that we returned for a touchdown for the first time since 2009. I, you didn't even have... Really that game. Yeah, I mean, you didn't even have the inkling of that happening under the previous guy because he didn't even pay attention to what was going on in that area. So, you know, Brian Bashini has punt, punted very well, and I think our field goal kicking has been pretty good. And then there's the block punt. I mean, they're not... They're not they're not doing well in returning punts. I mean, it's obviously fair kick or fair catch. And then the whole, you know, we're returning kickoffs out of the end zone. I mean, Tommy Hill, I just think he wants to display his athleticism. I realize that I think everybody realizes we could make more yardage if we just sat on the ball and fair caught it there. But I mean, Tommy Hill has to be very frustrated with what's happened to his season at Nebraska. And I think he just wants to make a play. And, yeah. and to that end, Everybody. Uh, some some of those roster adjustments that were made involving Tommy Hill, uh, you know, taking him off a, a, as a DB and planning a new home for him, that allowed guys like Malcolm Hartog to uh, really flourish. So, uh, in, in agreement with James here, I think the DBs uh, also improved over the season. No, yeah, that is true too. Do we know? I I didn't. Uh, Marquise Buford. He's after that injury. He's done so right. I mean. Oh, I don't know. Like I was gonna look that up, and then I didn't. It was it was so gruesome that they opted not to show it, which I'm fine with that. You know, like I I don't need to see gruesome injuries. You know, uh, yeah. Okay, James has a broken leg, so. Um, oh, I didn't. Ooh, that would be uh, that'd be done. Uh, Houseman, Houseman, that is true. And, and I mean. I don't know if, if he's improved or has he just got the opportunity. You know what I mean? Because uh, he's a true freshman, correct me if I'm wrong. Right. And and so there's probably some hesitation on, on the coaching staff as far as, like, putting a, a, a true freshman out there at the beginning of the season. They want to make sure he's, you know, uh, more uh, adapted to the, the speed of, of a D1 game. But, yeah, we've really seen him come alive the last few games. Uh, it's... Uh, it, it it's been it's been really nice to I think he's gonna do great stuff. Right. And a lot of the comments about uh, Marquise Buford's leg. I'm not gonna highlight them. It 
uh, we'll, just, we'll, <laughs> yeah. we'll just say this from Beetle B, it didn't look good. And uh, we appreciate not having to see him. We, we wish him a speedy recovery. Uh, like I said, got some more uh, predictions, but we're not going to go there just yet. But Blaine had to know, or had to ask it, uh, player-wise, what do we have to look forward to next season? And I think a lot of that's going to depend on who the new coach is coming in, right? Yeah. I mean, who I mean, stays because, and who goes. Right. Uh, and, and I know it's been talked about a little bit in the uh, in the comments about if Mickey Joseph is not the head coach, if he's retained, you know. But, uh, but a lot of our top skill players are here or are coming here because of Mickey Joseph. So... I guess I mean, put it this way. Put it this way. If we, if Casey, I think Casey Thompson has been a maybe not an excellent quarterback, but he's been a very good quarterback. If he returns, I think that is a huge boost to next year's team. Uh, AJ Allen is a guy we've been missing. It got injured earlier. If he returns, big boost. Uh, you know, there are a number of other running backs that probably. You know, nobody's seen Ramirez Johnson lately, so you probably figure he's gone. But on the defensive side, you've got the young Malcolm Hartzog. You've got the young Houseman. You've got, uh, I can't think of anybody on the defensive line. Hutmatcher, Nutmasher, that guy. I mean, maybe, you know, maybe if he, he gets better coaching, he can actually provide, uh, you know, if you get one guy at each position group that's going to be there to do something. Um, you know, you've got, you know, who else you've got, you have, who is it? Teddy Perhaska on the offensive line that's been injured. And then you have, uh, Nero Dinuili, the guy that got suspended and sat out. And, you know, both those are, you know, that's a core for an offensive line that you at least start building around. So you've got, you know, Alante Brown, I think Marcus Washington, Trey Palmer probably hasn't shown enough to go to the NFL. You know, and large of this, a lot of this is going to be, Probably these guys looking at each other and saying, are you going to stay? Because I'm going to stay. I mean, if Casey that's, Thompson that's, and Trey Palmer, let's face it. I mean, if Casey Thompson says, yeah, fuck this shit, I'm out of here. Trey Palmer is probably going to go. I think I'll get Trey Palmer. will probably do an evaluation for the draft anyway. But, uh, you know, I I think we have a lot of or a fair number of decent players, or at least at the skill positions. But in the, the lines, again, is where our problem uh, I want I want to follow up on that, but uh, Jose says I don't know who the next coach is yet, but I'm already drinking that extra sugary red Kool Aid. Uh, I'll probably start drinking mine in July, like usual. Uh, it's, now it's what back, we do. It is. Uh, is there one guy? Is there one like tent pole player who's like, I'm back. I'm coming back next year. How many of you guys are staying here with me? And, uh, would that guy be Casey Thompson? Yeah, I think so. I think, you know, any more any more at both levels, the NFL and college, I think most of these offenses are really uh, they're geared around having a good quarterback. I mean, there are at least if you're going to compete at a very high level. I mean, when you look at like Iowa, they got a potential to win the Big 10 West with the really probably one of the worst starting quarterbacks in FBS. So you know they're kind of a rarity, but it, for most of them, you you need a good quarterback to run an offense. It's going to be a high, a high falutin. Uh, uh, I, I think I think Josh and Vince both said uh, similar things. It'd be that that person would be Thompson on the offense, 
And it would be uh, Garrett Nelson on the defensive side of things. Yeah, Garrett Nelson, what was he? I think he is a, he can come back next year. They asked him about senior day, and he didn't. I, I don't remember if he walked on senior day, but or I know that he's undecided about returning next year. And I suppose that's going to be about who we hire for our next coach. So, um, uh, Owen had this question about press conferences. Uh, if it's rule, he thinks press conference Saturday or Sunday. But if it's not press conferences in this weekend, do we think it could be the Kansas State coach who would still be probably coaching towards the? Uh, There's still there's still the possibility of negotiations. The thing about Matt Rules you have to understand is that he has that NFL contract out there. He may have been fired, but he has a buyout contract of the conditions of which have to be met to satisfy that owner. In other words, Nebraska is going to take over part of the payment of that contract. And again, I can't remember the term that's used, but it has to be a reasonable contract to allow him to go coach for another team and still get his buyout. And I don't think Matt Rule is going to look at it and go, well, shit, I was due $10 million next year, but I don't need it. I think he's probably going to want to make sure that he's getting paid by both Nebraska, if he's coming to us, and the NFL owner. And everybody's happy with the contract because here's the thing with the NFL. Remember what I talked about earlier about how all these college boosters are egotistical sons of bitches? And, oh, I don't mean that. They have egos, okay? They're not all sons of bitches, but they have egos. And they're yeah. they're up here, and they're used to not being told no. Okay, Take that times three million times, and that's an NFL owner. All right, so NFL owners are just gonna—they're gonna do stuff just because they're freaking NFL owners, and you can argue with all their lawyers. You know, that's the thing about Matt Rule is there might still be negotiations, or their stuff might still be—you know—lawyers looking at stuff, and lawyers bill by the hour. So it's not in their best interest to just go, "Ah, oh, just spend 15 minutes on this, and then we'll be done." You know, it's in their best interest to go, yeah, I'll bill you for a few days. All right. So Blaine asked, uh, in your opinion, I, I actually meant to uh, pin this for future, but I accidentally uh, highlighted for now. So uh, bear with me here. In your opinion, who is the last great quarterback we had? Now, Jerry the, Taggy. Well, the answer is <laughs> uh, Owen Walker said uh, Joe, Joe Gans or Tommy Armstrong. The last great one. I, I I'd be hard pressed to not say Joe Gans. Yeah, I think Joe Gans was he was the guy that was kind of wasn't Open Sam book. Keller supposed to be the guy? Or yeah. was that Zach Taylor? Zach Taylor was a good quarterback too. He just Zach you know, Taylor was. Yeah, I'd say probably Zach Taylor was a pretty decent quarterback. I don't know. That's a damn good question. That's a question we could have for later. Right. Yeah, Tommy. Deal. Every Deal every answer is always Tommy. Maybe we haven't had a great quarterback since then. Well, I think it's a lot of, you know, having teams, too, so. Yeah, Phil, Phil thinks it may, might be Zach Taylor as well, so. All right. Uh, Take that one from Dion Prayer. Let's do that one, the last one. It's, oh, here we go. Uh, Dion says, instead of taking Frost golfing and fishing, why didn't the boosters ask him why he's wasting their money? I think they probably were in the same position we were and that they really, really, really wanted this to work out. So they gave him a lot of 
a lot of room, a lot of length, you know, a lot of room on the leash. And, uh, you know, with the idea that uh, that he would get his shit together. And I, I brought this up, I think, Monday night about, you know, a lot of the, uh, listen, I mentor a lot of younger IT people. I mean, not so much anymore because I honestly just don't get out that much. But when you're a, when you're an executive and face it, an older person, you find yourself in the position of helping people in their careers and helping them get started. And I think a lot of times you look at them and you go, well, I was this way or I did this or you know what I mean? Uh, oh, my God. Uh, and I think they just thought, well, maybe we could help him and maybe we could, you know, goose him along and he'd listen to us. And it just never happened. So, you know, I just kept going and going. And let's face it, last year the whole one score a loss thing didn't help anybody. You know what I mean? Because everybody was just... He's so close, shit, and he really wasn't ever close at all. Because everybody think, wanted to believe that. I think uh, uh, FOMO. Fear of missing out. Fear of missing booster, out, yeah. Because yeah. if a booster, you know, actually confronted, then maybe they're cut out of the circle, you know. And uh, I think it's just easier to go along to get along. Do we want to read that, that exceptionally long I, comment? I do. I don't I want know. To see. I'm curious I, to see. Just it how went much by. Space it it I went just want by. To see how I didn't space get it takes up on the screen. Oh, we're not even going to get it all. To's not coming back. People got to get off the to thing. We can't clone him now to win. We have to spend far more money than we did on Frost, like USC did. It's garbage that Nebraska has as much money as they do, and don't bother to go after the uh, B. It's probably uh, you have to look at the. the you have to look at because the we think we are on a higher moral ground. People forget that Osborne wasn't an angel because he won games and lots of them. Devaney, Solich, Frost, all of them had baggage. Sorry, just being a realist. This is what burns me out about people. Uh, da, 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 son of a gun. About not ah. not wanting to go after Urban, who is absolutely the best available. Not trying to be negative. I I don't I disagree with you. I don't think he is the absolute best available. I don't think he fits into where college football is going now with nil at all. I don't. I think that. I think that whoever, if Urban Meyer gets convinced to go to another college job, I think he's just going to go there and flame out because that's typically what happens with guys that stay in their career too long. Because you know, I mean, we've Tom Brady is washed out, Aaron Rodgers washed out, right? That's Urban Meyer. That's where it is. They might have won shit tons in the past, and uh, they're just done now. Phil, with the maybe the 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 simplest part of the night here or quarter of the night. Frost is why getting the right coach is more important than getting a popular coach. Yeah. So, all right. Uh, let's see. Uh, I've got the hope. The hope. Okay. Go ahead. The hope I is got... that Trev Alberts has taken his time to talk to a whole shitload of people and found what he wants and where they think they need to go for the next to be successful and how all of this is going to work together. And that is that is key is getting the organization all together and moving in the same direction. So. Okay. John. Yes. It's prediction time, my friend. Okay. Nebraska and Iowa this Friday, 3 o'clock, I think. 3, 3.30, something like that. Yes. Afternoon game. Yes. On One BTN. On, on, on BTN? Yeah. Okay. Let's do it. Uh, 
I'm, I'm, I'm pinning all of these predictions. Let's get to predictions. We want to know. Okay. Uh, friends, uh, uh, viewers, uh, friends, Huskers, countrymen, lend me your predictions. Um, and then, John, you lend me yours as well. Okay. Do you want me to go ahead? Yeah, because, I mean, they, they have to have time to type that. <laughs> and I have to have time to save. To pin. As okay. Um, you know what? I'm going to go 15 to 14 Nebraska. Oh, fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say, I'm going to say that, uh, let's see, how do we get to 15 points? I don't know. How did the hell, Wisconsin, I don't want to think about it. Five field goals. No. Yeah, let's do five field goals. By God, let's do five field goals. But that means we drove the ball a lot. I'm going to go with, uh, let's see, one touchdown. That would be seven. And then seven to ten, ten to thirteen, and a safety would be fifteen. I can't do the math this fast. You, I'm just saying it's fifteen. One touchdown missing the field goal or missing the PAT. Okay. I mean, that gives you six. And then three uh, field goals. Okay, a last-minute field goal by Tommy Bleakroad. Timmy Bleakroad. Matt Masker. <laughs> but, I, you know, I just, I guess, you know, do, do I think we'll win? I don't know. I guess I'm going to watch because that's what we do. I mean, last week should have sucked all the life, all the rest of us, out of that forever. And, uh, you know, I, I just still would like to see us beat Iowa just so I can go on Twitter and make fun of them because that would bring me so much joy. It, okay, last week I actually went to church for the first time in a while, and there's a guy at church that uh, is an Iowa guy, and we've been giving each other crap for years. And I walked up to him and I said, congratulations on winning the Big Ten West. And I thought afterwards, I have doomed Iowa, and I hope this is true. <laughs> Reverse psychology. Yeah. All right. I've got 14 pinned uh, predictions here. Oh, my uh, God. Let's try to get to them all. Seth actually said much earlier on in the show, uh, calling down Nebraska beats Iowa 17-10. The team rallies around Mickey one last time. Um, I mean, it would have been nice if they would have rallied around him a, a few more times, uh, you know, like a first time. Uh, then we have Dion uh, says, uh, what does Dion say? Here we go. I'm going to say 13-10. That's, that's all we need. I, I hope you're catching some other uh, of these other ones and pinning them, John, because I'm, I'm oh. reading. You need to pin. Jeez. I, I, uh, I, Merrill says 17-13 uh, Nebraska. Take it. And James says Nebraska 17, Iowa defense 7. Probably pretty accurate. I don't see the uh, Iowa offense score that many points. Uh, we've got uh, Nebraska 20, Iowa 21, close game, good game. Not okay. if Nebraska's losing. That that doesn't sound like a good game to me, Josh, but uh, that's all right. Uh, then we've got uh, Nebraska 17, Iowa 14 for Matt Hansen. Take it. 24-21 Nebraska on a field goal to end it by, is what Richard said. You liked that prediction earlier. We've got 21-7 Iowa. Sorry. Beetle B. <laughs> James with a, a long write-up says didn't make a prediction last week because I thought it was impossible this week isn't much more possible despite really wanting Nebraska to come through I don't see it 
34-24 Iowa. I see now offense uh, than expected. See more Iowa offense perhaps than expected. Not sure. Oh, sadness. Ralph says uh, NU3 Iowa 9. That's disappointing. <laughs> Owen says 13-9 uh, Nebraska. We get a pick six. And John, guess what? We get a punt return for a TD. Oh, oh, that would be nice. All right, I don't know if I – I don't think I caught this one earlier. Um, oh, here we go. Jose says, my heart says 70 to nothing Nebraska. Brian to being 21-17 Iowa, though. Equally depressing. Uh, Phil says, uh, Nebraska 10, Iowa 12. Gosh, nobody believes anymore. I guess I'm the only one still drinking Kool-Aid, uh, which is probably possible. Shane, thank you, Shane. 17-14 Nebraska. And that one, I'm – clearing off all the ones that how what in the world is going on apparently i did not clear any of these off as i was well i i you said to you, pin them so i was I pinning know, a bunch you, of them you pinned the ones that i was already reading <laughs> david <laughs> says nebraska 13 iowa 10 uh charlie says 10 to 9 nebraska and i think i saw matt at one point said nebraska or i'm sorry iowa 3 nebraska nothing which would be about right that that would be a fitting way to end the last vestiges of of uh, a Scott Frost era. So, okay, well I guess it's my turn then. What's that? Iowa three, Nebraska zero. God, that would and be the sad. game to watch, wouldn't it? <laughs> Phil says take the under for sure. Uh, all right, I know everybody's waiting for mine because nobody drinks Kool Aid. Like Greg Mahosko drinks Kool Aid. Should have had some NyQuil in it. I should have. Hold on. All right. Here's what's going to happen. We're going to move the pocket. Kind of a lot. We're going to get Casey Thompson out on bootlegs. We're going to have him getting rid of the ball early. We are going to get the ball downfield quickly. While also eating up some chunks of clock. It's a two-handed. Nebraska's going to win this one by scoring over 30 points. <laughs> Nebraska wins this 31 to Iowa 17. Wow, that is a because bold prediction. That's a it's, it's a, a bold, bold prediction. prediction. It's a bold prediction. Yeah. Bold but prediction. At the same time, we got nothing to lose. We can't lose that. I mean, we can't lose another game, but we can't lose. We can't fall farther than we've fallen, right? So we keep saying that. <laughs> Eventually, we'll hit that that the bottom of the rock, right? So, with that being said, gonna let this oh. last one from uh, Dion take us home as. He wishes everyone a happy Thanksgiving. And we wish you a happy Thanksgiving. We, we appreciate you uh, spending your Thanksgiving Eve with us. Uh, you you do make up the sh- you know the, uh, the, the third. Well, until Hoss returns, you're, you're the third leg of the tripod. You all, to think about that and what that means to be the third leg of the tripod of this particular uh, crew. So, uh, John, any final words? 
Oh, you know, just happy Thanksgiving. I guess the only thing I'd say is, uh, you know, the last the last twenty years of football has been. Uh, well, let's just stick with a few recent years. They've been extremely hard to take for all of us. And I guess the one thing that we've all had is us sticking together as a Nebraska fan base. Even though we all disagree and we may be, uh, you know, irritating each other and, and self-loathing a lot at times, we're, we're still here. And I think that's pretty impressive. And I think it's, um, you know, some people might look at it and say it's it's dumb, but uh, I think there's something to be said about at least all staying together around something that we love. So happy Thanksgiving, everybody. And I love that Blaine is reminding me <laughs> that my eternal optimism will remain on the Internet for eternity. You're darn right. It because could be worse. It could be worse. Let's hope it doesn't get there. Let's continue to drink that Kool-Aid. I think my Kool-Aid flavor is going to be NyQuil here in about three minutes. And uh, and uh, let's let's all stay healthy the rest of the weekend. Watch Nebraska. Don't watch Nebraska. I can't make you. Uh, but just know, next week, you'll have a lot more to talk about if you watched the game. I'm looking oh, at you, God, Beetle. that's true. I'm looking at you, Beetle. So, uh, for our founder and fearless leader, John Dam Johnston, I'm sick as a dog, Greg Mahachko. Going to go remedy that somehow. Uh, And this is the Five Heart Podcast. We remind you each and every week that Five Heart is all the heart you need. John? Go Big Red Beat Iowa! Win the damn game.